Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. You know, jazz is one of the great art forms, and we have an interview today with a very dedicated jazz singer. In this interview, Shepley Metcalf talks with Paul Leslie about her album, Something Irresistible, featuring the songs of lyricist Fran Landisman and composer Simon Wallace. The Paul Leslie Hour keeps on chugging along, and it's all because of the mission, helping people tell their stories. And we continue to present interviews with a great variety of artists. The show is made possible through listeners just like you. Just go to thepaulleslie.com slash support. www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. Thank you to everyone who contributes. And now we present Paul Leslie's interview with Shepley Metcalf. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest is Shepley Metcalf. It's a great pleasure. Nice to be here, Paul. You can answer this question any way you like. Who is Shepley Metcalf? Ah, good question. Well, at at this point in my life, I'm a 58-year-old woman living in in, uh, Cambridge, Mass., and I'm devoting a lot of time and energy to digging up old jazz songs and, and learning them and working on them with this pianist I work with. So that's, that's, that's part of who I am and what I'm loving doing right now. I worked in a nonprofit, in the nonprofit world for most of my life. So it's been a new creative venture that's been exciting. I kind of want to go back a little. What was life like growing up? Well, I grew up mostly in Providence, Rhode Island, and so I was an urban urban girl, a city girl, and loved hanging out with my friends in my neighborhood, and actually was always um, often putting a, a glass Coke bottle up to my mouth and singing along with the Beatles or whoever my favorite group was of the time. But I had a pretty, I had a pretty happy childhood. How did you get exposed to cabaret in, in the jazz music world? In the early 90s, I wanted to get into singing, and I was auditioning with different groups. And a friend of mine introduced me to a woman in Cambridge who had a cabaret duo, and her partner had had peeled off. And, and I ended up singing with her for about five years, and... She's really the person. Her name's Catherine Coleman. She's the one that really introduced me to the music. She we she was very familiar with you know a lot of the music from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and then also with Jacques Brel and you know some of the German and the and the French cabaret music, the more you know the, the, with the humor and the politics. So I really credit her. I mean, I, I listened as a child. My parents had a lot of the musicals on all the time. So I grew up listening to the music man in Oklahoma and name and, and that kind of music, but not so much the, the real cabaret. It was really then. And we, and we performed that kind of music for about five years in Cambridge, which was great fun. So as a singer, 
What do you look for in a song? I really like, in a way, starting with the lyrics. I mean, of course, I want to... I mean, I give a song about 10 seconds. If I'm not swept up right away, then I figure... I mean, a song is only only a few minutes. It's not like a novel, right? There's not a lot of time to give it a chance. So, of course, the melody and the sound of it is critical. But when I'm searching for new material to do... I really like reading the lyrics just by themselves, you know, not listening to it, but just hearing the language. What's the story? What's the emotion? What's what's this about? So that's key to me, and that's what that's really how I found this new material of Fran Landisman was there were all these lyrics on her website, and I was, this is, you know, these are great. Where's the music? I start with the story and the words. So how did you come to discover the songs of Landisman? Well, I was hunting around for new material, and I thought, I, I, let's be smart about this, Shepley. Why don't you look for new material the same way you go after a good new book? You know, you read a book by an author, you like it, you see what else they've written. So I picked the song, Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and most of your listeners are, if not all. And I thought, this is, this is such a great song. And I realized I had no idea who'd written it. So I you know, went online, looked it up, Fran Landisman. I'd never heard of her. There was a website, and I learned all about her fascinating life. But there on the site were all these fascinating lyrics. Most of them didn't have charts attached, though. They were just song titles and lyrics. And I thought they were incredible. Most of them weren't love songs. They were about whole range of topics and issues and predicaments. And I spent quite a bit of time trying to track down the music and finally got in touch with her songwriting partner, Simon. And it turned out that they'd written hundreds of songs together and but just hadn't published them yet. So I was lucky enough to meet him in New York and he handed me the first copy of their first songbook. This was a couple of years ago, and as you probably know, she died this summer at the age of 83. So all these songs that she worked on were, you know, in her seven, she was in her 70s and early 80s. And I think they show, uh, there's not only great wit and humor in them and edginess, but I think a perspective of sort of a bird's eye view of life and people. Well, they're, they're mature songs, the they're they're fun, but there's also a, a real, I think, maturity in them. What was going through your head when you met up with Simon Wallace? That was at the Cafe Carlisle in New York. That's right. He had when I emailed him saying, "How can I find the music of these songs?" He said, "Well, I'm flying from London to New York. Why don't we meet there?" So yes, I, I came. I live in Boston, but I took the train down went to the Marvelous Cafe Carlisle, heard him perform with this incredible British singer, Barb Younger. Do you know of her? No, I don't. Oh, she's fabulous. She actually was in New York um, at the Metropolitan Room. You should, you, I, I recommend her up. She's a, a fabulous singer. So Simon was playing piano with her, but we met, so I heard him perform, and then we sat in the bar afterwards, and I was, I mean, it was such an adventure. I mean, I had, it was, you know, it was very exciting. I just thought this is out of a this is sort of a, out of a movie that I'm in this dark bar in New York, and this British musician is, is just handing me 
And we had just put it together. It wasn't even formally published yet. And, you know, and he was telling me some of the stories about Fran and how the two of them met. And, you know, and then I got on the train to go home and just flipping through the songs, couldn't wait to get back and sit down with Ron Roy, a pianist and arranger I work with, and see what the music was like. And we were both just in awe. We were, were smitten right away because the music was as intelligent and captivating as the lyrics. So what did you so, think of, of Simon Wallace? He's a character. He was, you know, he's an incredible pianist. He's got a, a funny sense of humor. He's he's a very cool guy. He, and one busy musician. He is on the road all the time. And, you know, it was really interesting to hear him talk about working with Fran. You know, they were getting together once a week for 15 years. And, wow. Yeah, he, he and I have stayed in touch since that was two marches ago. You know, they were pleased that, that someone was interested in their work. And, you know, I've been you know, not only did we do the album, but I'm doing a show of her work in different cities around the country, just trying to, to get them out there. I mean, I, I feel like they deserve a big audience, and other singers should hear them, and if they like them, they should be performing them. So I'm a real champion of their work. What led you to go on this journey to London to meet up with Fran Landis? Well... I figured I'd met Simon, you know, I'd gone down to New York and met him and gotten the songbook, and as Ron and I were working on the album and working on our show, you know, it just dawned on me, she's in London, she's doing well at that point and still writing and working with Simon and, and performing herself, and I thought, I should just go meet her, you know, what? why not, what an adventure, and and it was great, it was, uh, I'm, and you know, I didn't know at that time, obviously, that she was going to live another couple of years. So thankful that I went. I mean, she's she was real. She's a real character. She was, you know, it was just a riot to meet her. Mm. Very cool. And she's one of the sort of hip people I've ever met in my life at any age. And you know, irreverent and unconventional. It was great. I'm. I'm so thankful I got the chance to meet her. And when I showed up there, Simon Wallace was there. And she said to me at the end, after we'd been talking and playing through the song, she said, oh, I had said to Simon, oh, God, shall we get fun? Is this going to be a fun afternoon? And she said, oh, I just am so happy that you came here. And I feel like this was meant to be, that meant to be that you found my song. I'm just so happy that you want to get them out there. That made me feel good, of course. But I sort of felt like she got that I had the blessing doing this, and she liked our album a lot. So it's been a, it was a wonderful full adventure, really, and journey, sort of finding out about the music and then meeting both of them. Obviously, not something that happens that often, right? You know, I mean, especially if you primarily do American songbook music, you obviously don't have a chance to meet the composers because they're not around anymore. So it was a real pleasure. It's definitely an interesting album, and I have to applaud you for the boldness in introducing people to these songs. I find that a lot of times singers, they go the safe route, and they just do the the songs on the American Songbook as good as they are. It just, it's safe to me, and this is something that I felt was heavy. What made you feel like 
there was something about these songs that you felt, I need to record these. A wonderful pianist in Boston that I, I worked with for a few years said to me, Shapley only, here's a piece of advice, and I, I, I believe it to my heart, only sing songs you really love. And, you know, that might sound like sort of an obvious piece of advice, but, you know, I've realized through the years that this fellow had worked with, with singers who would pick material. I mean, they liked it, perhaps, but they also thought, oh, this is a popular song. I should add this to my repertoire. People like this. I mean, these songs that we recorded, the 15 out of the 30 songs in their songbook, they just so resonated to me. I mean, I do feel like some of Fran's perspectives on things I share. And I, you know, I guess as a, you know, in a way, even though I've sung twice before in my life, I feel like I'm really doing it in a serious way this time. And, and I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if I feel like I have enough experience at this point or uh, enough new to add to the to the standards it almost feels more daunting to me to think of of you know recording one for my baby or two or foggy day in london town i mean so many fabulous singers that have recorded them that almost seems like you have to really have a new interpretation to do something significant so to me these it's it's you know the the songs resonated to me. I think they're really strong songs, and in a way, I I it, I couldn't copy anybody. And I also we just had to do them the way that Ron and I, the way that we felt was best. It was kind of open territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I've thought about the fact that if somebody is going to record one for my baby, they can listen to a hundred different versions. <laughs> the, but, right. But something like this, it had to have been exciting for you to... It was. I mean, Simon Wallace's wife is a singer in London, and she recorded most of these songs. But I And I knew that, and I listened to one or two, but then I thought, I don't even want to listen to the rest until after we do our album, because I really want to have a fresh take. And and you're so right, particularly today with iTunes. I mean, it's so amazing to me. You, You pop in... One for my baby, and up comes the 175 singers that have recorded it. And you can, I mean, it's it's really educational in terms of how many different ways a person can do a song, all the different arrangements and instrumentation. But I find that a lot of it is repetitive. A, a lot of, I think a lot of singers, they like Shirley Horn's version, they like Ella's version, and their versions are pretty similar. And that, I guess that seems fine to me performing if you're doing it live, but to record something, you sort of need to have your own take a very distinctive sound. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree. When someone listens to your recordings of these Landisman and Wallace songs on your record, Mm -hmm. what do you hope they get out of the experience? I hope they're, they're moved. I hope they're amused. I hope, I think some of the songs are sort of thought-provoking. You know, I, I, I guess I hope they have both an, an emotional and a sort of an intellectual response. One of the songs, the One Good Scandal, you know, to me is so moving. You know, it's so clearly a song that you really, I can't, I, you shouldn't sing it if you're too young. You know, it's a song of I'm hoping, I hope I've got one good scandal left to me. 
<laughs> you know, so you can't sing that if you're 25, because of course you have some good scandals left in you. But if you're older, you know, sort of a wistful, gee, I hope there's going to be some adventures yet to come. Or her song Down, really an ode to being blue and how in a way it can be sort of tempting. But then the song about New York City and the fast-paced life there, the song about being cool. And there's a lot of humor, as I'm sure you heard. I mean, there's, to me, they're very evocative. And and when we've performed them, it's been great because a lot of people come up afterwards comment on a particular song or two. So I, I think they are, they're compelling. This is probably a very tough question. Could you pick a favorite song from the album? Is a really tough question, Paul. <laughs> I sort of cycle through and have my favorites at different times. Well, one of them for sure is It's Cool to Be Cool. I just think it's sort of a quintessential Landisman song. But what it's about, the language she uses, and I think Simon just did an amazing job with the music. So that's, I'd say that's right up there. Her favorite song, and I and I also adore it, is Scars. I mean, is, could there ever be a more true sentiment that all of us have had difficult times, typically emotionally, and, you know, we might as well be compassionate with one another about it because all got them, whether we can see them and others are not. Beautiful song. She told me when I saw her that she thought that was her best song. She was actually tired of people being so obsessed with Spring can really hang you up the most. She was so hopeful that people would hear some of her new songs. And, and that's something that you're giving people that opportunity through this record. Is there any yeah. chance of a second album of these songs? Because I noticed you mentioned that there were 15 and then there was a, there were others. Yes, that's right. That the actual uh, songbook has 30 songs in it. And then also Simon has sent me many others in the last year or two that they haven't formally published. It's a, it's a good question, Paul. I'm, Ron Roy, again, my pianist and, and wonderful arranger that I work with, he and I have talked about maybe we would do an album of sort of, it wouldn't be just a Fran's work with Simon, but maybe a, you know, best of, best of Fran Landisman. And we would include some of these other songs that she did with Simon Wallace, but also record, and hopefully in an original way, Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most, Ballad of Sad Young Men, and maybe a couple of her songs that she wrote with the wonderful Bob DeRoe, Small Day Tomorrow, and maybe Through the Windows of Cars. Do you know that song? I have heard that one, yes. A song that she wrote that Jackie and Roy recorded. And we perform that. But so anyway, so we I, I don't know if we would do it just for Anna Simon, but maybe, you know, a second album with, with plans to work with a variety of composers. I want to tell everybody about the website. Everybody can visit you online at shepleymetcalf.com, S-H-E-P-L-E-Y-M-E-T-C-A-L-F. I have one more question. We have listeners. Okay from all over the place. So for anybody who hears this interview, what would you like to say to the people who are listening? Um, that I I hope that they enjoy these songs as much as I have and that if they're 
spark to find out more about Fran Landisman and to visit her website is a is a fun journey too. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Great to talk with you, and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about all of this. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.